the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No one ministry has any special claim on glorifying Christ's Lordship. Regardless of your ministry, as long as you are using your spiritual gift and are involved in some sort of ministry, then we are all honoring Him. Join us now for Grace to the Bay as we glorify the Lord Jesus Christ through sound expository teaching by our teacher, Dr. Roger Chen. Grace to the Bay is the radio outreach of Grace Church of the Bay Area located in San Mateo. If you are blessed by Dr. Chen's message and are looking for a church home, you're invited to come worship with them. Now, here is Dr. Chen. Well, we have come to the month of September. And believe it or not, as I see various deals popping up online, I have already started purchasing and hiding Christmas gifts for my boys. And it is inevitable. My parents, as well as my in-laws, will ask my wife and I, what do the boys want? What are they into now? And perhaps more importantly, as they are growing, what size do they wear? Although the answers to those questions change year to year, I can definitively tell you what I will never say. I will never say, just get a medium for everyone. Three kids, different ages. I will also never say, you know what, Uh, we're giving them all scooters, so you get them all scooters too. Everyone, every kid gets three scooters. I would never say that. It's not a one-size-fits-all situation. Everyone has different likes, different stages of life. Not everyone is the same, and not everyone plays the same role in our home. Come Christmas Day, I'll tell you something else I will never say. When they are opening up their gifts from their grandparents, and their eyes get wide, and they say, I can't believe I got this. I will never say, that came from me. No, I will give credit where credit is due. I will never say, oh, you didn't want that? Okay, just throw it in your closet and never use it. No, I say, be thankful. And don't let it go to waste. And most importantly, we have more than one child. So share. You must share. This is the same with how God gives spiritual gifts. With variety, with a desire that we acknowledge Him, be thankful, glorify Him, and that we share. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4-7. through And as we continue our study of spiritual gifts... We look at these concepts of how He gives, why He gives, what we are to do, giving Him glory and sharing. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. See, the manner in which He gifts us is more than just for our happiness. It's part of His plan. 
his plan for a growing church as a body, as a family, as his children, to glorify him and bring light to the world. And I think we would all agree that it is an infinitely wise and good plan. And so this morning, as we unpack these verses, I want to give you three necessities of spiritual gifts in the outworking of God's eternally wise plan for the church. The first necessity of spiritual gifts is the portioning of gifts. Varieties of gifts, varieties of ministries, varieties of effects. Same English word, same Greek word. And we talked about this last week. This emphasizes that there is not a one-size-fits-all aspect of spiritual gifts or a one-size-fits-all aspect of how different Christians serve. It's not cookie-cutter. We are to serve God. We are to serve His people. We are to serve the world. That's a non-negotiable. However, the way that these three things are manifested will vary from believer to believer based on each individual spiritual gift. And we can be sure that God gifts us in a way that we can use our spiritual gift in whatever local church we may be at. The word varieties in the Greek means what it means in our language. The NIV says different kinds. In the Greek, it is an old word that means distinctions or differences, division, variety. But unlike our modern word, the Greek also carries the idea of distributions. In other words, Gifts that are not just variegated, gifts that are distributed in a variety of forms. He gives different gifts to different recipients. The emphasis here in all three uses of the word in this passage is not on the giving out of the gifts, but on the result of the giving, which is that each believer has his or her own particular gift or gifts to be used for the Lord. So what is given by God in various forms? Gifts, verse 4. Ministry is verse 5. And effects, verse 6. Let's start with verse 4. Gifts. As you will recall from last week, comes from the root word meaning grace. This is a gift of grace. It is a free gift. You did not earn it. You do not deserve it. In the truest sense of the word, it is a gift. And what makes this gift so special is that it is connected to God who is the only one who can truly manifest grace without any semblance of selfishness or sin. He truly gives it out of grace. To put it another way, the word gifts emphasizes the gift's divine source and thereby they highlight God's generosity. We must then Not see our spiritual gifts as a source of pride or a merit badge of spirituality. He gave me this because I deserved it because of how spiritual I am. No, it is a symbol of undeserved grace. As such, there is no room for arrogance in the believer. There is no room for judgment towards those who have a seemingly lesser gift or a less prominent gift, a gift that cannot be used on a Sunday morning or in front of a live stream or a congregation. He gives them all. He's in charge. It is grace. All our gifts were received undeservedly and chosen by the giver, not by us, not earned by us. Because of the grace of the gift, we have no right to be cocky or arrogant because of our service or spiritual gift, then there is also no room for a lack of service because it is a grace gift. 
there's no room for legalism to do things just because you're supposed to do them rather than for God's glory. And there's no room to abuse one's spiritual gift, which would be using it for unholy gain, whether material or social. God's grace in bestowing us with spiritual gifts reminds us that we are to use them and view them in a way that reflects that very grace. He gave it to you, but He gave it to you because of His plan. The next category mentioned in verse 5 is varieties of ministries. This is the same basic Greek term, the word ministries, as the word serve and servant. He is saying that there are different types of ministries or service, as the ESV and NIV put it. Ministries is service. There are different types, varieties of ministries, varieties of services. Same word, same thing. And so as with spiritual gifts, the Lord provides a diversity of ministries and no one ministry, and this is important, no one ministry has any special claim on glorifying Christ's lordship. Regardless of your ministry, as long as you are using your spiritual gift and are involved in some sort of ministry, then we are all honoring Him. We are all holding claim to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Use your grace gifts and have it outwork into your ministry. And so, whether it's a humbler form of service, such as an everyday act of grace, or a weekly sermon preached to a congregation of thousands, it all comes from the Lord and it is instituted according to His will. There is a variety and He provides them all. One of the issues that we will see Paul address regarding the Corinthians and their misuse of spiritual gifts is that they valued some gifts over others to the degree that some were getting cocky, some were getting arrogant, and it was causing division within the church. For them, it was the sign gifts. Oh, look at my speaking in tongues. What do you do? I'm better than you. God needs me more. I'm better for the church. And that's why Paul goes into this huge long discourse of biblical love and without love it's all worthless anyway because they weren't exhibiting love but that's for a later time so thinking that some gifts are somehow better than others and so i as a preacher are somehow serving in a more godly way than you are that's a man-made structure that is concocted in the mind of sinful man it's not found in god and when you grasp that, you understand that there are varieties of ministries and we are all co-laborers. We are all equal. We're still all in this together. It's just differences in roles. Varieties of ministries. It is not God's intention or desire for me to think I am better than you or for you to think you are better than me. That comes from man. That comes from our pride. That comes from churches borrowing the mentality of corporate America rather than basing their local church on the plan and purposes of Scripture. There's a lot we can learn from the negative example of the ancient Corinthians, a primary lesson being that spiritual gifts are not given by God for self-edification. This is inherent in the word that means to serve. It is not just for you. Even in our modern understanding, to speak of serving oneself is a witty, irregular use of the word serve or service. The normal 
usual usage of the word serve means to serve other people. Imagine if this church paid me to study all week, which I do, preparing, digging deep into the Greek and Hebrew, so that come Sunday morning, I can get dressed, stand in front of the mirror, and only preach to myself with zero benefit to anybody else. I would grow, I would learn, I would be edified, but that's not what spiritual gifts and ministries are for. It's not just for me, and whatever your spiritual gift is, it's not just for your own self-edification. Then finally in verse 6, you have varieties of effects. Literally, this word means that which is worked out or energized, that which is performed or accomplished through some sort of energy. So we are reminded here that spiritual gifts and the service we render with those gifts are from God. What we are doing is impossible without Him. So here's what Paul's saying with varieties of effects. Regardless of what gift or ministry you have among the wide variety of gifts and ministries, you will find that it has results when you practice them properly. And those results will vary. And those varying results occur again because God is producing the real-world spiritual effects of your efforts. He is the one who is accomplishing your spiritual efforts, gifts, ministries. It is all by the power of God. And so as long as we are faithful, as long as we are using our spiritual gifts, as long as we are not using them sinfully, which in part means actually using them, but also not using them for our own glorification or the edification of our pocketbook or just our family or whatever it may be, there will be a result. And even the results, the effects, are empowered by God. And there are a variety. We just use our gifts be faithful to our ministries, seek His glory, but ultimately trust Him for the results. He will do as He sees fit. And that's a wonderful truth and reality to rest upon. So, you have gifts which are used for service, which in the end result in a diversity of accomplishments which will vary from person to person. As we've seen thus far and will continue to see, The repeated figure in the gift-giving is the Holy Spirit. He is the main character as it pertains to the members of the Godhead throughout chapters 12, 13, and 14. However, in this passage, we have all three members of the Trinity involved. So let's talk about this in our next necessity of spiritual gifts, the participation of the Godhead. All three have given and empower us so that the spiritual gifts are effective for this eternally wise plan for the church. Circle back to verses 4 through 6 and notice that all three members of the Godhead are mentioned. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Varieties of ministries and the same Lord. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. There are varieties of effects, but the same God. That is God the Father who works all things in all persons. Paul makes a point that all spiritual gifts and their related services and results are a Trinitarian work. They are all involved. We do worship one God after all. But within that one God working out His plan for the world, we do see nuances again of different roles that they each play in the outworking of the Father's plan. We know that it is the Holy Spirit that is the giver of gifts. Service or ministries we do under the Lordship in obedience to Christ. 
That is, we submit to Him by obeying Him. God the Father is the one whose plan and purposes are being fulfilled by us and by the Son and the Spirit. All that to say, what we are talking about, though the Holy Spirit's activity is stressed throughout the passage, is the work of God in our lives through the church. His pertinent point in this context is found in the repeated word, same. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. So whether we're talking about the gifts, the ministries, or the effects, we are not to be misled by the variety, because it is only one, the same one who gives all of them and, at the end of verse 6, works all things in all persons. And what this means for the ancient Corinthians is stop causing disunity because of the diversity of gifts, because God gave them all to all of you. But what this means for us today is stop causing disunity because of the diversity of gifts. Ours may not be as blatant as the ancient Corinthians, but we can still cause issues in our local church. Disunity. Whether it's judging someone for not serving, even though they are serving, they just have a different spiritual gift than you do or than you would like, or thinking you're better than someone else, simply because God gave you A and God gave her B, or causing disunity, worse yet, thinking because God gave those people A, B, and C, I don't need to serve at all, not using the gift He's given you and somehow thinking that you are justified in doing that because 60% of the church is serving. He's given all of us a responsibility and a privilege and a means to use that privilege of service through a spiritual gift and a ministry and an effect. Speaking of God, whether it's not serving or thinking your service is above another's or better than someone else's, thereby making you think you're better than someone else. We have the ultimate pattern in Jesus Christ whose own self-description was that He came not to be served, but to serve. So how is it that you're better? How is it that you can think you're better because of your spiritual gift or frankly, think you're better and don't need to serve? There are times that people don't serve because they still think they're outside of the local church. They still have a me and them mentality. And you say, well, I don't understand how not serving makes someone think they're better than those who are serving. If you walked into a room where a company was active and everyone was packing boxes, moving boxes, putting labels, doing something, but there's one guy in the corner not serving, you would automatically say, that must be the boss because he's just watching everyone else serve while he does nothing. And we want to be careful that we don't think we're better than others And contrary to the very Lord we profess to say, hey, this is the church, so I come to to be served, not serve. The fact that we are saved, gifted, and empowered by the same God means that we are all unified, not just in our salvation, but in our purpose as well. And that purpose is met through our spiritual gifts, final necessity of spiritual gifts, the purpose of giving. Verse 27, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Right off the bat, Paul points out again that everyone is given a spiritual gift. says to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, is what he calls it here, is something that makes another thing known, clear, or evident. We use that word today. It is manifested. And by referring to the spiritual gifts as the manifestation of the Spirit, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying that the Holy Spirit makes Himself known through the gifts. 
To put it another way, by exercising our spiritual gifts, we are making the Holy Spirit known to others. We are putting Him on display. Even if it's not serving the world, but the world looks on and sees a difference in us, a power in us, we put the Holy Spirit on display. The purpose of this, all of this that we've looked at this morning, is we see for the common good. The prophet of all, with the aim of being advantageous to everyone. This phrase comes from a word that literally means, and this is great, to bring together the common good. This is a reminder that we are to seek unity through the mutual use of spiritual gifts. The reason we are given spiritual gifts is for others, and again, not for self-glorification or any other compound self-word for that matter. You're not to use your spiritual gifts for self-affirmation, self-fulfillment, self-glorification, self-seeking, self-advancement, self-promotion, self-satisfaction, which many of those, by the way, are reasons why people don't serve. Spiritual gifts often play out in serving particular individuals rather than the church as a whole. And when you serve one individual with your spiritual gift, you are building up the whole. The Holy Spirit gave you, as an individual, a particular spiritual gift. And in doing so, He gave that gift to the whole church for our common good. It is your gift, to be sure. But when viewed properly, it will be used for the betterment of all of us. In other words, it hurts all of us when you don't use it. Imagine a scene you've probably watched on television before. Impoverished country. A Christian aid worker standing in the back of a cargo truck filled with food for starving people that are crowding around the back of that truck. And as that aid worker who is familiar with that village recognizes several people from the same family, he starts giving out food, but each individual family member can only carry so much. So to the dad, he gives a bag of rice. To the mom, he gives a sack of flour. To the oldest son, some meat. To the youngest boy, a basket of vegetables. And even though each family member is given an item, the assumption is that they will go home and share it all and have a communal meal for the common good. Can each of those individuals go to a corner and only eat what is in their arms without sharing? Yes, they can. Can he enjoy that food without sharing? No doubt. Is he sinning against the man in the truck and against his family in doing so? Absolutely. They will all be full. They may have enjoyed their meal, but the whole family is malnourished. You may not be serving you may be using your spiritual gift for your own good, and you are content. You are happy. You are satisfied. But we are malnourished. Listen, you got problems with this church. You're pointing out our weaknesses and our failures. You are absolutely right. We are not perfect. We have weaknesses. We have failures. But do you not realize that those weaknesses and failures may very well be because not everyone is using their spiritual gift? In other words, our weaknesses and failures that you are criticizing are because you are not filling the gaps that you so readily recognize but do nothing about, thereby causing some of us who are not gifted in certain areas to fulfill ministries in which we are gifted but then we're pulling everyone else's weight because the people who are gifted in those vacant areas are not using their gifts. And so we have people who are gifted that are serving in ministries they're not supposed to, 
Because they are not equipped to do those things where God has equipped people to do those things, but those people refuse to do it. Familiar with race cars, it's like a race car pit crew, right? Tires are going down, there's not enough gas, and so he comes in, and within like a minute, you got everyone on the crew taking off tires, putting on tires, putting gas in, wiping the bugs off the windshield. It's like a member of a race car pit crew criticizing the rest of the team. It's two minutes, now three minutes. We're not going to win this, win this race. This car can't even drive. And the whole time he's holding one of the four tires that he's supposed to put on, refusing to do it but criticizing the rest of the crew, while the guy with the gasoline and the guy with, with the water and soap to clear the windshield has to run back to the garage to find a fourth tire because this guy is too busy criticizing and won't do his job. You have a problem with the t- church, then serve it. You have a problem with your job? Not your job? Quit. That's fine. No problem. But that's not how the church works. We are all gifted, and thus in God's eternally wise plan, whatever local church you find yourself in needs your spiritual gift to function within that plan. And when you serve, not only will you potentially fix the problems, but you will help others better use their own gifts, not just through your example and encouragement, but again, so they no longer have to pull your weight. There's a reason God gave you a spiritual gift. It is to use it for us, just as God gave us spiritual gifts to use them for you. The church is like that family that was given food by the aid worker. They need a balanced diet to survive and to thrive. Will they exist just eating rice? Sure. Can they exist just eating meat? Yes. Will they exist just eating vegetables? Yes. But they're malnourished. We need a well-rounded diet, and that means all of us must use our spiritual gifts. This has been Grace to the Bay with Dr. Roger Chen. For the next part in this series, join us next week at this same time. Grace to the Bay is the radio ministry of Grace Church of the Bay Area, practicing and proclaiming the purity of biblical truth. You are invited to join them for worship services in San Mateo, Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit gracebayarea.org for service times, directions, live-streamed services, listen to archived sermons, or to make a tax-deductible donation to help keep Grace to the Bay on the air so that we can continue to share Pastor Roger's teaching with you each week. Again, that's gracebayarea.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.